Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 333. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where, for once, we're not going to talk about Elon Musk, even though the pull is strong, because, like, what is he doing? I am your host, Nikin Farsad, and though I am but a humble comedian slash podcaster, I am also available to give some notes to Elon on how he's handling this transition. Uh, or, um, are we all wrong and he's going to totally pull this off? Who knows? Today, we will instead talk about the World Cup and its unlikely host, Qatar. We'll also talk about China's protests and some domestic shenanigans as well, and Finally, we'll dip into the cultural vault where the Kardashians hang out and also ask, when should you be putting up those Christmas lights? Oh, so many, so many intense questions today that we have to really reckon with. I'm really excited about today's panel. Oh my God, the panel today. We are joined. Both of them are veterans of Fake the Nation, so they know what the fuck they're doing. Um, we are joined by creator and host of the wonderful podcast, The Stacks. It is a podcast about books. It is the wonderful Tracy Thomas. Hey. Hi. Love. I always love your intros. So bubbly and warm. I feel so smart when I show up here until I start talking. 
<laughs> no, you are smart. Let that feeling continue. <laughs> um, and we are also joined um, by, oh, I mean, you know him from the show Adam Ruins Everything. You should also additionally know him from his podcast uh, called Factually, an interview podcast for interview experts. And it is the wonderful Adam Conover. Hey, Adam. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be back. Oh, my God. So great to have you both. And before we get into the show, I just want to remind listeners that they can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad, where you get bonus episodes of the show. And in the bonuses, we just kind of let loose. You know what I mean? It's the portion of the show where you could picture us like really swilling a bourbon while we chat. Um, so go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad and for as little as $4 you get a month, you get a bonus episodes of the show and you get a bunch of other stuff at different tiers. So I don't know, check it out. Now let us jump in with topic number one. Um, it is the World Cup! Pew, 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 pew! International! Pew, pew! And before we even get into any of the specifics of this particular World Cup, does it, like, matter to either of you? Are you guys, like, fans of this, uh, world, of the, of World Cups? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it matters to me deeply. It matters to me, you. like, very, very deeply. Does it and really? I, okay. I, as when I was here last time, we talked about how much I hate Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yes. And sure. I'm a big sports person. So I really love, and I'm a big soccer person. So I'm, I'm recording the no, match wait, you're that's both happening. You're a big American football person and an American international football person? I am both of those things. I'm a big sports person. Okay. If it's got competition, I will watch and I will form opinions and I will be deeply invested. Wow. Okay. Adam, do you, have you cared? I mean, also the other question I have for both of you is like, do you feel that it's grown in popularity or is it just still mm. sort of lingering, lingering in the American landscape? Oh, I think it's absolutely grown in popularity. I mean, I'm on, you know, text, multiple text threads with 20 people watching every single game at 6 a.m. You know, uh, I mean, it used to be a little bit more of a curiosity it used to be. Oh, now there's oh, there's some weird uh, Americans who like sort of became soccer fans. Now yeah. I feel like America's going soccer crazy. I mean, just in the last Three years, I have become a rabid fan of our local major league soccer team here in LA, LAFC. Yes, and and that we just won the championship this year. I have season tickets now. I go to every single game. I had to be out of town for the championship game, and I was crushed. It was. No. It was I know. I was Wait, emotionally is, devastated. Is, it, is that team owned by a famous person? Will Ferrell is one of the owners, but it's one of those things where he owns like 0.05%, but he but goes to all the games the for free and they always okay. put him on the Jumbotron, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it is so much fun. It's like the best, you know, live sports experience in Los Angeles. Um, but also the sport is very fun to watch. It's a good sport that is, you know, we now have like, you know, there are major league soccer teams in almost every city that are uh, often very, very popular. They keep launching new ones. Ne uh, the women's soccer league NWSL is growing throughout the U S and now you've got, because of, you know, the internationalization of sports, because of the internet, you also have all these crazy people who are like fans of Arsenal, even though they live in Ohio yeah, yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm a man city fan. Okay. <laughs> and we get up early on Saturdays to watch so, city games. I don't understand that. So for me personally, I don't understand how you could be a rabid fan of a team where you've got to fly across the world to go to a game. Because to me, it's so much about being at the games in person. But yeah. no, you don't feel that way? No. 
I mean, I watch a lot of sports that I don't go to the games. I'm That's... fans of a lot of teams that I don't go to their games. I'm from the Bay Area, but I live in LA, so I haven't been able to regularly go to Warriors basketball games, but I watch them on television and I'm still yeah. a rabid fan. So for me, I, it's not about being there. It's about the sport and watching my players and my, yeah, my guys. Adam. I wasn't saying you're wrong. <laughs> I, I, I should have put it in a positive in a in a positive way for me, which is that for me, what gets me going is going in person. That's no, that's I get what, it. Going in person you know. is really fun. I totally get it. Really but fun. I can be locked in. Yeah. I I'm really about the people. I'm about the players. Yes. I'm about the storytelling. I'm like, oh, this game means something. I am here. I am with yes. you. So yes, for me, I can just manufacture. Let me tell you guys something before we get into the crux of the topic, which is more <laughs> about Qatar. I want to tell you something really dumb, which is that my daughter play is in a in an after school program, um, where one day a week she plays soccer with a the organization is called Super Soccer Stars, okay. and she thinks that when you talk about soccer, you have to call it Super Soccer. Stars. <laughs> walk by a field of That's people so playing cute. soccer, and then she'll go, "Oh, they're playing super soccer." So Oh, I love your daughter. Somebody who should be play, speaking to me in Farsi and be like, "Oh, una daran super soccer stars abazi mikonan." Like she says all three <laughs> words. It doesn't matter what language. Anyways, it's very that cute. That should be what they call it. They should say France and the Netherlands are playing in super soccer super stars. stars. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, can we make that a thing, guys? Um, all right. So here's my question. Let's talk about Qatar. It's been in the news a lot since it won the distinction of holding the World Cup, and by now you've you've heard everyone has heard that FIFA officials were very much bribed to make this happen. And there's a lot of corruption in FIFA. Um, so can we can we we could talk about that corruption and how that came to happen. But are, where are you on the scale of uh, whether or not Qatar should have even hosted in the first place? Like, are they fit to host the World Cup? I mean, the World Cup like seems to be the event itself doesn't seem to be a shit show on television in the way that like the Tokyo Olympics kind of was, you yeah. know, um, the Tokyo, Tokyo Olympics, there was like nobody in the stadiums and like the people of Tokyo were like, please God, no, oh, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's it, certainly the Qatar uh, world cup is being held under very bad conditions. Obviously a lot of people died making it happen. And you know, it's a, uh, you know, there's a lot of repression going on there. Um, but you know, I guess the, the event itself is not going terribly, but no, I mean, it, it clearly doesn't make sense as a overall destination for the, for the cup. Um, but you know, the way and why, I kind of and why doesn't it make sense? I mean, like it's, uh, you know, all the problems that people have talked about, like, uh, you know, that it's, uh, the, the temperatures are weird, that it's so small that like they had to build all this infrastructure that they didn't have at, at great uh, cost of human life. Like if you've got the, the head of FIFA up there, you know, the day before the world cup starts going, Oh, you guys think I'm an asshole for putting it here. Well, fuck all of you. Right. He basically gave a press conference like that. <laughs> that, that goes to show that like the criticism has really gotten under their skin and to them, they feel it's warranted. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of uh, a funny thing happens with the World Cup where I end up watching it anyway, because what I like about international competition and what I like about sports in general, um, like you were saying, Tracy, about you like the people. I like the culture. I like how the teams interact with the places that they're from and from the cultures of the countries and the politics of the areas. And so, like, it's, you know, really awesome to see the U.S. play Iran at a time when Iran is having all of these protests at home and that's interacting with the international politics 
politics. And so that's also going on with the event itself. Like the fact that like all this bribery happened is like part of what we're all witnessing. And that's part of what's being dramatized on the world stage. Um, and uh, so it, it kind of like, gives me even more reason to watch it perversely. Does that make sense? Because you're, you're like watching world history and corruption live on television. <laughs> well, I mean, and, 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 you know, like listeners have heard me talk about uh, what's happening in Iran um, over the last uh, couple of months. And one of the things that I've actually really loved about um, the World Cup is that it's kind of put Iran back in the spotlight. We've, you know, what one of my personal goals and the goals of so many of the campaigns around the protests that are happening in Iran is to just keep them on the international radar because the more people know about them, the more the eyes of the world are on Iran, um, you know, the more likely it is for something like that to succeed in Iran. And I think the World Cup kind of comes at a really interesting time. Um, and also just a really fearful time because the, pro you know, the actual Iranian players took a stand. Obviously, their families were then threatened in Iran. I mean, it's like it's so dangerous, but it's also um, it's also so great that they can they could make a statement, but also so dumb that they did it. And also, please keep doing it, but don't do it anymore. So there's all those feelings. Um, yeah. So I, I agree with you, Adam, like the, the kind of international drama um, plays out in ways that are that can be very important. Tracy, what do you think about Qatar as a host? I mean, I think that the thing to keep in mind about FIFA in general is that the bribery that happened to get the World Cup there is not new. It's it's intrinsic to the organization. FIFA is known as one of the most corrupt sports organizations, period. It's that in the IOC or the Olympics. Those oh, only like the, the two, two big ones. OK, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, but like they're so well known for that. And so I think yeah. that like people are taking the Qatar part of this and being like, oh, they were bribed to get it there. It's like, well, they would have been bribed if they had it in France. They're probably bribed for the one they're going to have next Correct. time in the States and Canada and Mexico. So setting that aside, but not to diminish it. It's actually fucking horrible, but it is very true and deeply rooted in that organization. Setting that aside, I think that it shouldn't be there because also the thousands of people had to die and, and and migrant workers. And I think people are diminishing that part of it as well, which is a little bit upsetting to me that it's like there's only so many actual Qatari people and all the people who were building the stadiums yeah. and who died and who are in these horrible, in. horrible conditions were people who were shipped in and whose ability to work in those countries is tied to or their ability to stay in those countries is tied to their working in those countries. So it's slightly mm -hmm. different. I mean, we have that a little bit in America, but it's different. Um, it's different in Qatar. So I think that that's really problematic, obviously. A thing that's so minor, but also just kind of a pain if you're a sports person or a, a Premier League person as I am, it fucks up the entire Premier League season. And it fucks up all the European leagues. It's Bundesliga, La Liga, Premier League, all of those teams. They Because the World Cup is normally in the summer, all those players have about two months time to prepare and then de-prepare or like get ready to go back to their leagues. This time it's like 10 days on both sides. It's just a lot of work on the players, which, again, is so minor compared to the loss of life and, and the corruption yeah. broadly. <laughs> but it is like it's November. It also conflicts with American football. It conflicts with American basketball. Normally, the World Cup gets to be its own yeah. moment in the summer because it's just really competing with baseball here in America. So, But I, at the same time, don't want to like, you know... I don't want to say to hot countries, like, you don't get to do it. Your weather well, is no. too hot. 
what? I no, but I don't I don't think that it has to do with saying that to hot countries, but I think it has to do with saying if you want to have it here, we've got to come up with a more workable solution for the players and their bodies because they're, you know, right. they're 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 also, yeah. you know, right. working. Yeah, <laughs> like they're yeah, getting yeah, hurt. Totally. They're well, overworked, etc. On a really super dumb level, annoyed that it's happening during the holidays because there's too many things happening at this time of year all the time anyway. Well, right. But, so but, I'm but, like, but, oh, now add it to add this to it. There's different holidays in other parts of other countries, though. <laughs> they can't schedule um, around. As yeah. a Muslim who celebrates <laughs> all of the Christian ones. <laughs> no, I... I mean, I totally I get that. But just like, uh, for, again, that's why I said it's like the dumbest complaint because it only applies to uh, us and our, you know, um, uh, holiday traditions. But there's um, one more thing I just want to wait. So yeah. there's one more thing I just want to touch on. The yeah. other problem is the human rights issues that are happening mm-hmm. in yeah, Qatar. I was going to touch on. Yes. Yeah, I want I want to make sure that I, yeah that we get to that because it's really important. I mean, it's an anti-gay queer country. Yep. It's there's not that this is a huge deal, but it is as far as like soccer culture. You can't drink, uh, which I mean, I don't know how people who are there feel about it. I can drink here at home while I'm watching from afar. So bonus points from watching from afar, Adam. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also, you know, there's there's violations or there's, you know, misogyny and there's there's all these things in place that are bad for people who are not men in and who are not heterosexual and, and all these things. And I think that like that sort of stuff gets sweeped un- swept under the rug when we celebrate something like the World Cup, which obviously is a conflict for myself personally as a fan of the sport. And also a person who likes to think that I care about other people. And I think that it gets complicated. But also, again, on the flip side, you're going to have that everywhere. Every country has. Right. Every every country has their shit. But I also think, I mean, A, it's it's worth like getting, you know, the international community to, I don't know, pressure FIFA. I don't know how this thing works to have standards, right? Like human rights standards. If yeah. you're gonna have if you're gonna host the World Cup, you have to, you know, um you have to have policies in place that would indicate that people who would come to play the sport wouldn't get arrested for like living their lives or whatever. I think that, you know, and also one of the kind of hot takes that came out of this is that Qatar having um the the world cup has also meant that they have improved their work standards because there was a point where they 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 did kind of introduce some kind of oversight to improve their labor standards where they hadn't before obviously you know still uh, an estimate of over 6000 people have died um in the making of these stadiums and, and hotels and stuff um so i do also think like there should be a sort of basic minimum of infrastructure that already exists in a country right because if you have to like build a country that can house host a million new pe- random people in just this yeah. one month period like there sh- there should, should should be some sort of basic there's also there's also a basic place. need of being a host. There's a responsibility that hosts have towards their guests, right? So so a bit of discourse that's been happening happening around Qatar. It's very tiresome, but it goes, you know, Americans say, "Hey, this is a very repressive regime to LGBT people, and that's bad, and maybe the World Cup shouldn't be hosted there." And then other folks say, well, there's lots of countries that are still repressive in that way. Many American states are. America only legalized gay marriage, you know, a decade ago. And, you know, should are we going to like, is that going to be the litmus test all of a sudden? That's kind of weird. Like, why don't you judge a little bit less and just like play the sport and try to advocate, right? 
And okay, whatever. But you know what you now have is Qatar. Like you know people, people are being arrested and thrown out of the stadium for wearing a rainbow armband, right? Right. And. If we're going to have some amount of tolerance for, hey, this is a country that is, you know, put it very optimistically, maybe it's going to get there in a, in a couple decades on LGBT rights. And that's what we're going to hope. So we're going to play sports there anyway. We're going to have a little bit of tolerance for that. Well, then why can't that country that is hosting the World Cup have a little bit of tolerance for the diversity of people who are coming to its stadium that yeah. it is hosting? You know, there is a responsibility that guests have towards their hosts and that hosts have towards their guests. Yeah. And if you're arresting great. players or fans for wearing a fucking armband, like that right. is a very bad thing. Or like not allowing them to drink or it's imposing their values on each other. Right. Right. Um, I think to your point, Adam, also like that, that's something that should be set out beforehand as part of the agreement to host. Right. Mm -hmm, that like right. FIFA yeah, has to have some sort exactly. of document that's like, look, if you're going to host, regardless of what the laws are in your country for its citizens, people who are in the country during this time period have to have a certain amount of leeway for this. There has to be, you know, cause like, let's say it was held in America in the 1960s. Are you saying that you're going to enforce segregation on people? And is that because those are the laws of your land? Like, I don't know, right. man. So maybe there's something that FIFA needs to be doing or these different um, soccer federations across the world where they say like, we won't come unless these are the, this is how it works. And like, yeah, I'm into I, that. I'm into folks. Let me know. What do you think? What do you think about Qatar? Are you having a good time anyway? Um, hit me up. I'm so curious to hear your thoughts. All right, let us take a quick break. And when we come back, we will continue our discussions. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. 
Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. So, folks, China has been in the news because uh, protests have erupted over severe COVID restrictions that have been ongoing in the country. And actually, I don't know about you guys, but like it sort of like escaped my attention, the severity of the COVID restrictions that had still been in place. And it's so different than what uh, we're experiencing in the rest of the world. Um, what did you make about the, what did you make of these protests that are happening? Uh, which by the way, one of the kind of straws that broke the camel's back of these protests was that a building actually, um, a, some number of people in a building that, you know, um, died because of a fire. Um, some of these buildings are locked from the outside so that people can't be let out um, because of COVID restrictions. Um, so, you know, people are protesting. The protests are very gentle. They're very interesting. I, I, um, I just read a piece in the Times about them. They are holding up these like, you know, white pieces of paper. This because is incredible. Yeah, it's 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 really incredible because you kind of sort of like, how do you get in trouble for holding up a white piece of paper? But it's like, you know, obviously the meaning is there. They'll chant stuff like give me more COVID tests when they, you know, when they're being quite sarcastic. Um, so just the entire way that they're conducting the protest is so interesting um, because they're so heavily restricted on just freedom of speech in general. And I have been for, for so long. So what did you make of these protests? Well, uh, you know, the thing is that we have to remember is that it is extraordinarily difficult for us in the U.S. to get a real sense of what is happening in China. Like we can get the facts on the ground to a certain extent, but the, uh, the, the biases that are inherent in American reporting on China are so intense because those reporters come from our frame of mind, right? And so protests like these always get a lot of play in the United States because we see them as, oh, this must be them, like finally fighting back against their government, which we believe them to have a certain relationship with. And it's very hard for us to think our way into what the actual situation is there um, and what the, you know, what the Chinese people think about their government. Um, however, it's impossible for me to look at this and not think that it's, you know, relatively unprecedented, like in the, in the modern era to see this scale of protests, you know, all across the country uh, for, uh, you know, against their government is it's uh, it's really shocking and surprising to see. And I'm still processing it and trying to, like, uh, get my hand, get my head around what's actually going on. Tracy, what do you think? I have to be honest. I don't think that I have a really well-formed opinion or thoughts about this because it's still sort of new for me and I'm still kind of like reading up on it and I don't want to say anything like I don't want to say too much because I don't feel like I know enough but I think that I think it's terrifying that well, that's actually by the way by design right like well sure I yeah Adam was like, we don't we're you know first of all they are firewalled so they don't get the same internet that we get and um Except some of them obviously do because then they they know what kind of restrictions that other are happening in the other parts of the world and all that stuff. So th this is the feeling that you have that you don't know enough is literally by design. These sure. countries work very hard on making on obfuscating the numbers. On I mean I, I'm I'm also just like kind of speaking about this from an Iran lens, right? Um, although China is actually 
has the technological infrastructure to really get this going. I mean, there's a firewall in Iran too, obviously, um, but China is so so interconnected like with the with the way they lock people down and everyone's cell phones and how you were in contact and and also they'll lock people down like on a day that there's a protest you know scheduled or something and it'll be like wait that doesn't have anything to do with covid you know so again and I think the re the reason we feel like that we don't understand or know enough is is because they don't want us to know enough. Right. I mean, look, I don't think people should be punished for protesting. Like, I think there's so many things that are feel obviously wrong to me about this. But like, as far as the nuance goes, I don't think that I can like, I don't think I have anything to add to the conversation, if that makes sense. No, I mean, that that's that's completely fine. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, I, I'm just, I, I think it's an interesting time just cause it's also happening on the heels of Iran protesting. And so it's a little bit like, um, I don't know. It felt like hopeful to me that, that people are sort of feeling this, this kind of winds of change or something, um, in these like autocratic dictatorial regimes where there is no freedom of speech. Yeah. I, I mean, it's impossible to not see at least glimmers of that, right? When you see that there are crowds, there are crowds chanting for Xi Jinping, uh, Xi Jinping to step down, right? Right. That is pretty remarkable when he's, you know, just installed himself for, you know, yet another term and and is, you know, creating a cult of personality around himself, similar to, you know, the one that Mao did, et cetera. Um, and one thing that I think is really cool is I've heard these stories for years about, you know, Chinese social media users, uh, you know, finding these uh, sort of hidden ways to couch their yes. protests, right? Yes. Using metaphor or analogy, using the, the famous one is, you know, Winnie the Pooh as a stand in for uh, Jinping. Um, but so the the fact that, you know, you're seeing that same thing spill out into the streets where people are holding up blank signs because everybody knows what the sign means. It doesn't need yes. to say anything. Yes. Or the the example that you talked about really briefly, Nikki, and I want to uh, center on that, like, these uh, protesters were chanting, you know, no, no COVID tests or we want less COVID tests. And then the cops told them to stop chanting that. So they all started chanting, we want COVID tests. Yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's so funny. Yeah. It, it's funny. And what it speaks to me is something I think about a lot is that, you know, systems really do control us and constrain us in America in as much uh, to the same extent as in China. Um, you know, systems of oppression, systems of control, uh, economic systems, they, they control our behavior and our way of life in really powerful ways. At the same time, you can, you know, humanity is irrepressible. People's humanity springs out no matter how much you try to control them. Um, and I think that's what I see in these protests as an example of that, of like people being like, you know, irrepressible in a way, their, their humor and their passion coming out. And I have no idea where things are going to go. And I don't even want to go so far as to say what I think this says about how the Chinese people feel about their government, because it's so hard to evaluate for all the reasons that you said, but like, it's uh, uh, amazing to see. And uh, it is. And, and you know what's interesting about it, too, is like it reminds me, you know, I, I gotta, again, I don't mean to erotify the China protests, but like I remember growing up whenever we spoke to people over the phone because they always thought their phones were being tapped that like, 
um, friends and family had alternate ways of saying things that, that we would understand without them actually saying it. And so this form of like speaking in code has just, and, and speaking sarcastically, you know what I mean? Like, like it, you know, in Iran, I remember they would be like, we love the price of bread right now or whatever, like stuff like that, where you would be like, what, you know, and, um, and my parents could decode the stuff that their family was saying over the phone. And, the, the, it's 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 like you see this all over the place in regimes like this with people um, who are trying their best to like not die or get killed, um, but at the same time rebel in ways that in then ways that they can. So I, I don't know. I just think it's remarkable. Um, and uh, and also we don't know when the COVID restrictions are going to ease because Xi Jinping is like, no, like they're cool. I'm still into them. So who knows? Well, no one knows what's going to happen. It's such a curious situation. Um, let's move on quickly to what's going on domestically, which I can't I don't even know if we should talk about this because Trump, who is obviously like just like a dangerous idiot met with uh, Kanye West and his buddy who was a white supremacist at Mar-a-Lago. And if you'll recall, Kanye is still in a timeout from being anti-Semitic. So bringing a white supremacist is proof that he's not really spending his time out well. And um, it's interesting because it's like, wasn't front page news, but it was news. So I guess my first question is like, should we even be talking about this is it worth noting that this um this little event happened i think it is it it uh it had an effect on him politically like you're already seeing you know statements about you know yet more republicans trying to distance themselves from him because it did make news um and uh yeah i mean i i do think it's meaningful uh it seems possible that he that it genuinely was an accident that Trump did not intend to have dinner. Like Kanye just literally brought the guy that seems possible, which is like not to excuse it. It's almost even fucking stupider, right? That like right, 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 that right, a guy right. running for president would just be like, whoopsie had dinner with a white supremacist. Either way, it's fucking terrible. Um, right. And, and it's funny because I don't think like Trump is the kind of person that's like, oh, I couldn't possibly be rude. I mean, if he came to dinner, I had to host <laughs> it. You know what I mean? He's not that guy, right? I think he'd yeah. easily be like, get the fuck out. Yeah. So I don't know. So it seems it, exactly. It seems extra stupid. I don't think you can accidentally have dinner with a former president. I think there's like, so like the the security yeah. people like I think there's like right. oh, there's right. a few it's not just like oh You're he right. showed up at Mar-a-Lago and I had to let him in like worst case scenario he showed up unannounced and Trump was like no it's fine he can come so yes. like he didn't I don't know if it, I don't know if we could say it was an accident also we know that they're friendly we know that Trump is into Kanye being into Trump like that whole thing it's not an accident it was clearly on purpose regardless of what super truthful Trump tells us. Yeah, that uh, accident was the wrong word, and I and I uh, withdraw and take it back. I, I mean that like it, I, I mean that like it it seems to me to have happened out of like uh, stupidity rather than like my intention is to like elevate a white supremacist today. And right, I right, think right, that right. that is I think it speaks to Trump's like further marginalization rather than like the fear about this is like, Oh my God, should we even talk about this because he's like elevating this white supremacist. I think what's actually happening is that it's further marginalizing Trump because people are just like, what the, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, fuck. You, you know, <laughs> no one is right. like you lost, you know, you yeah. lost twice now. 
The first time he won wasn't all the popular vote. So like you're tra- you're just like it's just getting worse and worse. It it it's interesting because it does feel like I, yeah I think you're right. And look, we could both be wrong, and and um, that Donnie has proven us wrong before. But um, uh, you I mean know, I think it I th- does feel like a, a lessening of popularity with moves like this. I think though what's really important about what this does though is it does mainstream Nick Fuentes right like it does give him more more notoriety it's it's meaningful in that way to me it's less the Trump of it all to me is like whatever because Trump is a liar he's a white supremacist he hates black people he hates Jewish people even though he has a Jewish son-in-law which as a black and Jewish person myself I have family members who aren't super fond of me, so I'm not necessarily going to give him credit for Jared Kushner, who also is a monster. But I think like what this does is it makes people like us talk about Nick Fuentes sure. and bring him up and say his name and put him in front of I cameras. Didn't say his name. <laughs> sure, but I mean, if anyone looks up what we're talking no, about, no, I like, know, I know. But I was, I was like, oh, I don't want to even mention that dude's name. Who cares about that dude? I mean, well, right, but he's everywhere now. Everyone's weighing in and has a comment on him. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, from yeah. from fucking Mitch McConnell to us, it's true. right? Like, right. so no, I think true, that that's true, the true. danger of this situation. It's less about whether or not it was Trump being being purposefully horrible or being accidentally horrible or it, whether it was about Trump and Kanye, I think the more, most important person in this conversation is Fuentes. Okay. You are abs- you're absolutely right. And, and it is a danger of it. Like I've seen, you know, when I've seen this guy's videos, it's because some media matters type site is like, look at what he said on his YouTube channel. And yeah. I watched the video and it's the lowest rent rant. It's just like him in front of a green screen, just saying, I hate Jews over and over again. And my reaction every time I saw those clips were like, why were we even talking about this guy? Like, this is just some basement dweller who gives a shit. And it's true that him having dinner with Trump does, uh, does elevate Elevate him, him, um, which is, uh, yeah, really shitty. Well, let us move on. Um, guys don't talk about him. (laughs) You know, we we lodged it into your brain, but now uh, that you know, um, continue to not elevate this man somehow <laughs> um, by not by not speaking of it. All right, let us move on to topic number three. So we're actually going to look at Kanye's uh, former wife um, for a second here because Balenciaga came out with a super weird 2023 spring campaign, which included a printed copy of the U S Supreme court decision on child porn laws in the background. There's also some images of children holding teddy bears where the, the teddy bears were wearing like BDSM things. Um, I don't know. The whole thing was weird. Uh, and what did, what did you think of this campaign? I guess, first off, Tracy, you're a parent. It's, it's icky. I mean, it's yeah. an icky campaign. I think like they're, I don't know. I, I think that they do it on purpose to get attention. I think that the whole thing is so that people will talk about it. There's the Easter egg of the Supreme Court case, like in the photo, which just shows that you knew what you were doing. So to right. me, it's like, it's icky. It's gross. It's like if you're fashion or whatever, if you're fashion plus being having Kim Kardashian as your ambassador can't get people to buy your stuff, like your stuff's not that good, I guess. Like, I don't know what to tell you, but having child porn implications is super not it for me yeah like it was just so bizarre I mean obviously like gross um I don't know Adam Uh, okay I'm gonna please please don't uh jump down my throat about this uh because I am 
I, I, I literally only saw these in the prep, right? And I did a little bit right. of Googling about it. I looked at the photos. To me, they look like stuff that like someone would buy at like Hot Topic in 1998. Like I'm yes. seeing like leather chokers. Okay. I'm seeing like, you know, stainless steel chain necklaces and stuff. I'm not seeing handcuffs. I'm not seeing stuff that like I think is specifically like sexy. I'm seeing stuff that like, like what this teddy bear is wearing is unusual for a teddy bear to wear, but would not be unusual for like a 17 year old at a punk show to wear like a studded leather necklace with, you know, like metal studs on it. Right. So there's like, I think the ad sucks. I think it's, you know, like edgy in a dumb way. But I also think that like the narrative of this is sexualizing children is like, entirely driven by the moral panic on the right about like everything being pedophilia and well but it's not a 17 year old it's like a little kid yeah but i i I guess i'm not seeing the like it doesn't look sexual to me like does it change your opinion that there's the paper there that clearly outlines like the supreme court case around sexual sexualization of children or like sexual for, you know, like, I feel like to me, if it was just the picture, I'd be like, whatever. But the fact that it's there, that they like clearly knew what the fuck they were doing. It's like, why did you do that? Like, yeah. just just to be like edgy, like, congrats. It's gross. It's gross. Like, we shouldn't be sexualizing kids and not in the Republican way of like everything sexualizes kids. But like, this is clearly sexualizing children. Like, it's a child. I mean, with a BDS- so I, would, I, I would say there. like the weird thing about the images is like they're sort of like in a child's room or something and they're not like it is like it's not like they're wearing like a regular the kids are wearing some like regular outfit like a child's outfit right they're not it's a very I think it's strange and I think one of the I think it's hard to immediately and I'll I'll tell you Adam I don't know this makes you feel better but like one of the parents of the children actually agreed agrees that that it's overblown um this this moral outrage is overblown because he didn't see like the big deal now i would say um i'm a little bit more on on tracy's end of like anything that like brings children and bdsm anywhere together i would say no thank you to that and it's gross um, I, but I, I will also say, so Kim Kardashian did not respond immediately. And I think part of the reason she didn't respond immediately is because it is very weird and like strange to parse what the images are trying to do. Um, and, you know, there was backlash about how immediately, how long it took for her to renounce the the Balenciaga campaign. Uh, or, would you, I mean, maybe that, is kind of driven by the moral panic in in driven by this idea it doesn't the backdrop of all of this is the thing that liberals are all pedophiles right like that is the backdrop of all of this yeah so it's like do we always i guess constantly have to work harder to make sure that no one reads pedophilia into anything we do i mean i i don't i don't think that this is like I think this is like icky in like a like, ew, why are you doing that kind of way? I don't think it's the end of the world, certainly. I don't, to be honest, the Kim Kardashian of it all is the most boring part of this to me. Like I just find, I just find people needing her to say something to be so like basic. I don't, I, I, I don't know. And I don't think that like, 
I don't think that this is this ad means that everyone's a pedophile who is a liberal or anything like that. I, I just think it's an icky ad and it's sort of just like you're they clearly did it on purpose to get attention. And it's like, that's a tacky way to get attention. <laughs> like, it's just like, why are you using babies to do that? Um. All right, uh, folks. I'll, I'll say I think the ad well, final is final thought, Adam. Sorry, I think the ad is bad, but I, I do think that this is an example of this was whipped into a media frenzy by the people who see pedophilia everywhere and try to use that as a political cudgel to attack people that they don't like, and and that's the only reason that we're talking about it is because they were able to elevate it to that level. I look at the images and I see like, uh, look, I wouldn't make this fucking ad, but I also am not going to like tweet about it. I don't think it's that important and I don't think it's that terrible. Um, but it's, you know, it's being it's being whipped into a frenzy by um, people who are acting in bad faith. And even if we say, OK, well, I don't know if I like this ad, so I won't defend it. Like they're going to do that tomorrow about something that is totally innocuous. You know, they're going to do that to the next Dungeons and Dragons or the next uh, whatever other thing that they want to, you know, that's an example from the 80s, but the next thing that they want to, uh, you know, read into something that isn't there. Um, and I think there's a danger in allowing people who are acting in that bad faith to control the narrative so much in our media. Um, that's that's my general All right. about it. Well, let us move on to just a more crucial topic, uh, which is when should you put up Christmas lights? <laughs> Thanksgiving just happened. And um, I, uh, by the way, for the first time, bought a real tree. It is two feet tall. Um, but it is, I've never, I've never done it before. And uh, this, you know, I have a kid now who's like, aware of things and so i wanted her to like experience ornaments or something <laughs> so um you know the way a muslim kid should and so um we bought the tree and like you know we did it over thanksgiving weekend it seemed like the right time to do it in your heart tracy when should people put up you as a, as a jew i believe yes uh, <laughs> when should people put up christmas lights um so i am a jew who does all the Christian holidays, Jewish mother, Christian father. Nice. Um, I am such a Grinch. I despise Christmas decorations. <gasps> oh <laughs> I despise God. Christmas music. Nice. I, it's fine on your house. Do you live your best life? But I am not the person to tell you when you should, because when you should would be never for me. Um, I'm a big <laughs> fan of maybe a wreath on the door. Love a wreath, but a wreath for all seasons. You know, we rotate our wreaths around here. Um, but if you want to decorate your house, have fun. Good luck. Be safe on your ladder. Have fun. Merry Christmas. <laughs> From <a> Adam, <laughs> uh, where are you? Is your heart dead and black the way that Tracy's is? <laughs> heart of darkness. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I love Christmas decorations. Honestly, uh, I've loved, uh, you know, I'm a holiday lover. The holiday lover has logged on. Um, I am very happy for Christmas decorations to go up as early as possible. I, maybe I used to grumble about them previously in my life. I'm happy for Christmas decorations to go up a week before Halloween and for them to stay up oh. until February. I'm like, oh my gosh. let's just, let's just go nuts. Um, you know, the holiday season at this point, probably cause I'm getting older and time is moving more quickly. So, so Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas just feels like a blur. It just feels like one big yeah. season. Mm -hmm. So let's just yeah. put up everything. Uh, let's just have Jack Skellington hang around with Santa Claus in your front yard and, you know, make, <laughs> make it a, you know, make it a big festive display. 
I'm, uh, I'm all about it. We got our tree last night, uh, put up uh, way too many lights, um, you know, unpacked all the ornaments, had a great time. Uh, it's Christmas season, baby. Let's live it. <laughs> wow. Incredible. <laughs> I mean, I definitely feel like I'm somewhere in between you two. I mean, I enjoy, I think also because I have a kid and my parents were always such immigrants that didn't like understand all of the things all the time. I like want her to feel the things, you know, and I like, I, I like we, we go to this, the sex with Avenue light show and like, look at the Rockefeller Christmas tree and um, you know, this year we're taking her ice skating for the first time. And like, I want the cheesy, like New York city <laughs> Christmas to be in her bones. Like she's a New Yorker and, and I want her to experience all that stuff. Oh and I God. think partially in reaction to having had immigrant parents that didn't do all of that stuff. I mean, they didn't, and, and bless my parents' hearts. They literally did put up a tree at a certain point because I complained, <laughs> Um, and they're like, uh, okay. So they like bought a fake tree and they put it and it was the ugliest tree that anyone's seen. It was like all silver tinsel and anyways, but I thought it was beautiful. And, um, and I would stare at, it. I would sit and just stare at, it. I love sitting in front of it, you know? And, uh, and, and so I want her to like have all that stuff. So I think I've become more festive in the process, you know, um, and she makes ornaments at school, by the way, she also, they also make, um, menorahs and stuff at school. You know, I was, the school's trying so hard to be equal opportunity and at, you know, they're like, is there a holiday you would like us to, uh, you know, <laughs> and I was like, well, no, I forced them to do Persian new year in the spring. Um, and by force, I mean, everybody's so into it nobody has a complaint but like uh I, but yes i i think and i just want to give you as an interesting statistic there was a survey of four thousand people um who said they plan to begin this is the most common response that they plan to put up lights early to mid-november so we're looking at a right after halloween situation i i personally think thanksgiving seems like the right time just because you have time it's a long weekend yeah. you've got time to put up some lights um they also found that 3% hang up the lights on Christmas Day itself, which <laughs> no. is, I'm going to say, too late. Too late. If you're going to do it, you got to go before Christmas. You you gotta, at it. least yeah. Christmas Eve. My God. Yes. Like, Santa needs to see your house, right? Yes. Um, also, I want to point out that there was a difference in states. 34 out of 50 states believe that hanging their lights up before Thanksgiving is too early. Yes. Unless you're in Georgia, where the where October was a more standard response of when you should put up Christmas lights. Georgia listeners, have your lights been up for like several weeks already? <laughs> Hit me up. I'm fascinated. Um. <laughs> uh, so, so that I, I would love to know from everybody and uh, anybody and everybody, what are your uh, Christmas uh, light traditions? All right. That is the end of the show. And before I turn listeners to the uh, wonderful places where they can find the two of you, I want to thank our listeners for posting Apple podcast reviews. I'm so delighted by, by you all. Um, Spike, uh, BO5 gave us five stars and wrote fabulous. Nagin is just the best. And I really appreciate that. That's so, so kind of, you also got five stars from real there 75 who wrote great political fun. I accept your smiley face and your heart emoji. Uh, and that is a reference to me, um, realizing that those are the only two emojis I use and that it was a problem for some people. <laughs> 
anyway, based on a weird think piece about the thumbs up emoji. Anyways, that's just some insider for people who listen to the show. Oh, um, keep these reviews coming. They really help people find the show. You just hop on. You don't have to say much, um, but I just, I'm just thrilled. I'm tickled pink. Um, I'm tickled heart emoji and smiley face emoji uh, every time um, you guys post about the show. And it really does help people find the show. But what I would really love at this moment is for people to find out how to follow the two of yous adam conover where do they do that oh you can find me anywhere you get your social media at adam conover um except mastodon i haven't created an account there yet um because i can't pick an instance um i'm on youtube i'm making youtube videos now uh you can find those uh under the adam conover there and please listen to my podcast factually i interview a different amazing expert every single week uh Get it wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. Please check out everything that Adam does because it's just fun. It's smart. It's insightful. Oh, uh, he always makes things great. Oh, thank you. Tracy Thomas, where do we find you? You can find me on Instagram at the Stacks Pod and on Twitter at the Stacks Pod underscore. You can find me at thestackspodcast.com. You can find the Stacks wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's me. I don't know. Shows out every Wednesday. It's a podcast about books. We have a book club every month. It's a great time. It's not nerdy. Well, it's nerdy, but in a good way and not in an exclusive patronizing way. <laughs> it exclusive is or patronizing time. way. <laughs> one, one thing that I love about the Stacks pod is that I feel like there's something about the world of books that feels alien to me, like or like I can't wrap my head around everything that's coming out or what I, what I should read or shouldn't or think about or not. And uh, and, and it de-alienates the book world. Uh, oh, good. in a really fun oh, way so immediately subscribe um and folks you know where to find me and all the things that i do um i am gonna be you know in fact they announced some of my my upcoming joe's pub dates if you haven't seen me at joe's pub in new york city i'm gonna be performing there in january they announced it so i'm just like throwing that on your radar now um new york city trip anyone to come see me at joe's pub um and it's actually the same show that i did uh well it'll, it'll be it'll be different it'll be a little bit of a, a an adjustment i'm working on the the show that i was calling comedy from her mouth hole that i'm now calling american exceptionalism from a lady muzz um and uh and so come out let me know what you think where i'm working it out working on this show at joe's pub um, a part of the Under the Radar Festival. And of course, I'm going to be in Dallas and Austin this weekend. And a bunch of you have DM'd me that you're going to be there. So I'm so excited to see you guys. Um, and uh, oh, I'm going to be at Carnegie Hall next week for a Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me um, taping. So come to, to that show at Carnegie Hall if, in fact, there are still tickets, which may, I don't know. It's something I should have probably checked before making this announcement. Um, anyways, what I would really love to do, though, is thank everybody who makes the show a possibility. That's our fantastic. Fantastic producer Andrew McGuire, our wonderful audio engineer Stephanie Aguilar, everyone at um, at Headgum. We're at their studios right now, and ah, oh, it's so lovely to be here. Um, our music, our theme music, was written by the amazing Gabby Alter. And uh, folks, hit me up. You can email me through my website, nagiefarsad.com. You can join the Patreon at patreon.com/nagiefarsad. Um, I love hearing from you about topic ideas, guest ideas, anything ideas, ideas. So please uh, hit me up um, and, you know, on all the social medias as well. And we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>